Today, I have on a very, very beautiful guest. I hope you guys know that when I invite someone to be on the Cafe Binge podcast, it's because I feel like in my gut, I feel this ping, like I need to talk to them. And the ways that the guests come on the show is very, very synchronistic and very intuitive and very magical. I feel like the universe sets it up in a very magical way, and today's guest is no exception. I, even before I met her, knew I needed to talk to her. And like most organic relationships that start these days, I found out about her through Instagram on social media. It's kind of cool how I don't know. You can connect with so many people through Instagram and I know people can harp on it and talk about the negative sides of it, but there's so many beautiful, positive sides to social media. Namely, we get to meet people we probably wouldn't have otherwise met and a lot of my guests, most of my guests that I've had on this show are because of social media. Um, I was connected to them in a way. I feel like the universe always brings people together that need to be together and I always trust that and when I get a ping to reach out to someone or connect with someone, I do it. Like I follow my gut right away and today's guest, Julie Peterson, she pinged me in the biggest way. I feel like the universe was bringing us together and I talk about this on the podcast a little bit but I feel like... When you are standing in your authentic truth and worth and living in a way that supports that truth, when you start showing up and maybe sharing things that are uncomfortable to share or scary to share or you're letting people see you, when you take off the mask and you show up as yourself, it's been my experience that your soul tribe comes out of the woodwork. I can't even tell you how many people I've met over the past few years that were just because I decided to own my scary truth, to look at the shadow, to start owning the things that I thought were cool and interesting and that resonated with me on a deep level and started saying no to the things that didn't. When I started doing that, like I said, my soul tribe family came out and I met people in very, very beautiful synchronistic ways. And like I said, it comes with pings. It comes with seeing someone. And for me, a lot of times it's very random, but I'll see someone or I'll hear of someone and they feel very familiar, like I know them, like their family member, but it's always kind of weird because I don't know them 
But I follow that ping and I reach out to them or I send them like a DM or reach out to someone who knows that person to see if they can set something up, a type of meeting. And it sounds weird, but whenever I meet people this way, it's always beautiful. It's always profound. It's always synchronistic. And there's always work to be done with that person, whether it's learning from them or doing something together. So in the case of Julie Peterson, that's what happened. I heard about her. I felt this deep resonance. I felt the ping and I reached out to her and I asked her if she wanted to be on the podcast and her being so wise and beautiful said, well, maybe come in for a session first. Let's see if my message resonates with you. Let's see if we're a good match. And of course I agreed and immediately set something up. And then kept going back to her because Julie is medicine. So you're probably wondering who she is and what her medicine is. And I want to let her tell you all about it because that's what this episode is for. She's going to share her magic with you, her medicine with you, and her story with you, which in itself is powerful medicine. I know so many of you will resonate with it, will find hope through it, through her vulnerability and through her experience, through her past life. And she shares how she got to where she is now. Um, So without giving too much away, but by way of introducing her, Julie is a consciousness guide, and she'll explain more of what that means. Um, She's a consciousness guide. She is a relationship coach. She is a kundalini teacher, a kundalini yoga teacher, which is something that we talk about. And kundalini yoga is something that I have been interested in. I think it was a few years ago that I first heard about it. And then it's probably been two years that I've been actively practicing it, and we talk all about it. It's unlike any yoga you've ever practiced. It's not the traditional downward dog, upward dog. It's not that same vinyasa that you're used to. It is a powerful technology, which we talk all about in this episode. Julie is also a meditation coach. She offers sound baths and sound frequency therapy. She is a Reiki energy healer. She has received training in somatic trauma healing. She is the real life renaissance woman when it comes to spirituality. She kind of does it all and does it all very well and is continuously learning more. That's one of my favorite things about Julie is that she has this thirst for more knowledge, more wisdom, more expansion. And that's something that I resonate with. I think when you find things that light you up, especially in terms of spirituality, it's like you can't get enough and you want to learn and you want to grow and you want to expand. And Julie is the embodiment of that. I am so excited for you guys to meet Julie I'm so excited for you to hear her story, her message, her powerful medicine. There were so many times where I was sitting talking to her, just looking in her eyes and just tearing up because what she shares is so profound. And I know it's a message that's going to help 
people listening and is going to resonate with people listening. I have a lot of people sending me direct messages feeling lost, feeling confused, feeling alone in maybe a spiritual or religious shift that they're experiencing, which I totally understand the process, the journey, um, it can be completely confusing and at times heartbreaking and at times lonely and jarring and also really beautiful and exciting and so full of love and light. So I'm excited to have Julie on the podcast today to share this message because I think it's one that a lot of people, especially women, which is the majority of my listenership, it's a message of empowerment and as a woman finding your voice and finding your power and finding that truth that resides within you. Your journey does not need to look like mine. It doesn't need to look like Julie's. It's going to look so unique and it's going to be your own. So you don't need to do what we did But trust that if you're listening to this episode, you were led and guided here for a reason. There's something in it for you. Trust that the universe always has your back and is always going to lead and guide you to exactly where you need to be and is going to connect you with the people you need to connect with. And it doesn't even have to be anything that Julie or I say, but trust the ideas that come to you. Trust the pings that come to you. As you're listening... Trust that gut voice that you have, that intuitive voice within you. Trust it as you're listening. Trust your gut. You guys just know that you're always supported. You are always being guided and led to what you need. Trust that God, the universe source, has your back. You are so, 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 so incredibly seen and known. And then trust yourself, trust that you have the truth within you, the light that you're seeking is within you, the guru that you're seeking is within you. So trust yourself on your path of whatever it looks like, it's right for you right now. Um, As I'm sitting here thinking about just being supported and guided, Back a few months ago, I think this was in July, this is when I first contacted Julie, for that month, I think it was a new moon where I was sitting down and I was setting intentions and I had my journal out and I had a stack of cards, oracle cards out with me and I was going to draw three cards for that month and I was using this really beautiful deck, it's the Wild Unknown Animal Spirit Guidebook, anyways, So I was sitting there, I was meditating, and I was setting intentions for that next phase. And I pulled a card, which was the Cobra, which is all about pausing, waiting, the inner teacher. Because there was a lot of things that I was trying to figure out how to do and didn't know how to do it. And the Cobra represents a teacher or a spiritual guardian My little book says, the essence of the cobra is found deep within us in the form of the inner teacher and manifests externally in those special guides who've led us along our path. What would it feel like to be a student again? What are you ready to learn? Remember that old saying, 
when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I remember pulling that card and feeling like, okay, I'm going to meet someone. I'm going to meet someone that'll kind of help me or help me to unblock or maybe have some information that'll help me to tap in deeper to my own intuition or know something that will guide me a little bit. And I knew that a teacher was coming And it must have been a week later, like a week later when I got the ping, when I felt like I should reach out, when I reached out to Julie, and then when I met her, and I instantly felt this, okay, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, and there's so much that I've learned from her, and there's so much that you guys will learn from her. If you guys are anything like me and you love seeing someone's face as you listen to their voice on a podcast, I feel like I always need to see their face and I'm like scrambling and searching on Instagram trying to find their profile. Go ahead and look up Julie on Instagram, which her handle is at yoga jewels with an underscore. So that is at Y-O-G-A-J-U-L-E-S underscore. And then you can also see how beautiful and glowing and radiant Julie is. You guys, the wokest people that I know are the most beautiful people that I know. I feel like the people that I am the most pinged to talk to are the most beautiful people I've ever seen because they have this lit from within glow that can't be mimicked by makeup or highlighter. It's just like this deep radiance and Julie has that so go check her out go give her a follow and I'm very excited to introduce you to Julie Peterson I'll see you guys on the other side well Julie thank you so much for being on the podcast you're actually my first podcast since surgery and all of that and I think honestly last night doing a sound bath which we'll explain more later help me I honestly did because I've had so many appointments to schedule podcasts and I've canceled every single one of them I just like didn't feel ready and I think also because it was all face like I was like really nasally Mm -hmm. and I think I probably still am but whatever I'm here you look beautiful you look perfect (laughs) and I was aware of, of that last night I thought We can extend it. And I was like, no, we don't need to. No, I felt the exact same. Like, because you were saying, like, do you feel good enough? I'm like, I absolutely do. And even if I don't, I'm like so ready to record with you. You're you're glowing. Well, thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you for being on the podcast. This has been a long time coming Mm -hmm. conversation that's needed to happen. So for sure. I'm grateful. So for everyone listening, um, Julie is a very magical guest that we're going to have on. Very (laughs) spiritual, very... I mean, I know the guru is in each of us, but personally one of my gurus. So I'm very excited to talk to you. Tell us who you are and what you do. I mean, in a, a few. In a nutshell version. Yeah, in a nutshell version. <laughs> All right. Because we'll get more into it. Cool. Um, so my name's Julie Peterson. Um, what I do, uh, I really, uh, I do quite a few things. And if I were really to just name it, like the thing I like to say, consciousness guide, um, because ultimately the people that find me, they're awakening their consciousness and they're shifting and they're in a cycle that they're ready to change or um, move or they're just, they're tired of feeling stuck. Um, and so I like to say consciousness guide because I'm working to 
um, just open that up and mm-hmm. open up that awareness of self and connect people in with who they are. And um, part of me is just, I mean, I'm smiling right now, just like <laughs> oozing all of this, this happiness. But it's because I think people are suffering and people are struggling and they don't have to. And while my goal isn't to make people feel happy, it's a knowingness that we can be um, content and in bliss in all of our experiences, whatever it, it may be. So I um, am, am trained in Kundalini Yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, I trained in um, Los Angeles with uh, my teachers, Tage and Hari Jeevan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a relationship coach, a certified professional coach, and I trained with Jason Gaddis, and he is the relationship school in Boulder, Colorado. Um, I'm trained in sound healing. I'm trained in Reiki healing, Reiki energy healing. Um, uh, I also am I'm training in um, SE. It's somatic experiencing. It's a, a a program to work with trauma. So if you're familiar with Peter Levine, he he's written several I'm books. Um, Waking the Tiger, but um, his work. Uh, so his work with trauma. So I'm working with that just because I as I was working with clients, it, it's like okay, so. Underneath everyone's stuff, there's trauma <laughs> or there's a wound. I absolutely think right. that. I always say every adult is just recovering from their yeah, childhood. Yeah, like there's yeah. so much trauma that's yeah. so big. And a lot of people, they don't want to say that there's trauma or there, there, there wasn't this big thing because they didn't have a big event, but there's behavioral trauma. And so I just say, well, there's a wound. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to have the knowing to be able to go in and, and work with that. So mm-hmm. I can work with trauma. Um, what else, what else, what else? Oh, and I'm, um, I'm in a, a graduate program for marriage therapy. So those are <laughs> You the literally do it all. And I don't even think that's all of it. I Probably feel like not. the more well, I talk to you, the more yeah. I'm like, what don't you do? Like, well, and I'm a mom. I'm a mom of four. Of and four last night you were, I mean, maybe people listening won't know what this means, but last night when we were... Um, at this sound bath, you had said that you also channel a little bit, oh, yeah, which is sure. something that mm-hmm. I didn't know. Well, you know, we all can I think channel. we, yeah, we, we, all we all have this divine we, channel that we can we tap just into. Don't know. And we can get into that. We can talk about that. Um, if we get into um, meditation and intuition a bit, we'll talk about channeling. But mm-hmm. yes, you know, that's a way I work with my clients is when I drop in the space, um, I'm holding space. You know, people, people really ultimately heal themselves and work with themselves. So I hold space for that. But Channeling allows one to connect with another's consciousness and then the people in their consciousness. So you get information, you get downloads, and it really it's just about having the ability to help people go deeper within themselves because you can call them out on their bullshit, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can say, hey, this is what I'm getting. You can let me know if I'm wrong, but this is what I'm feeling, and most often it's accurate. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's really cool. Oh, I actually am, I'm loving that part of my work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and probably trusting in it more, right? The more oh, totally. it's validated by mm-hmm. you working with clients mm-hmm. and seeing that, yeah, you're calling them out on everything well, to yeah. be able to trust that. It's yeah. like a trust muscle to be like, yeah, this is actually real. This channeling is like, it's part of this divine consciousness mm-hmm. that we can tap into. Yeah, and you're right. I think to trust it is the key um, because I think we all have it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we all have this. But we don't trust ourselves. We don't believe it, or we block it, or we are, we just we go to um, we go to our phone. We go to something that's just oh, this feels better. Let, let mm-hmm. me just do this. Let me not get into the real deep stuff because yeah. we have to feel, and sometimes it hurts and it's yeah. uncomfortable. Um, but once you know, oh, that's a real thing. I I really experienced that. Yes, build that trust muscle, mm-hmm. and then it comes more and more and more and more, and it's just yeah. Really cool. Just speaking a little bit on that, on like our trust muscle. 
So last night we had this sound bath Mm -hmm. and I like more than ever, it was very visionary. Like Mm -hmm. I was having visions and seeing things. And right at the beginning, I had this thought of like, is this real? And I think just Mm -hmm. trusting that it was more was given to me Mm -hmm. because I think I could have very easily turned it off and then just go outward again and like notice what's going on around the room and Mm -hmm. people breathing and, Mm -hmm. you know, just getting out of myself and into like the physical. Mm -hmm. But when I just stopped and was like, no, this is valid. And what I'm seeing is very valid. It just went and went and went. And I had like a very profound experience that I've never had before, but it was just that trusting that like Mm -hmm. what's coming to me is for me and it's real. And it's not something that like I'm making up. It's just being given to me, like trusting me, you know? And it was so cool. I love that. And I love that you named that so, so perfectly because what, what you're really describing there is rather than trusting the muscle of the mind you're trusting the muscle of the heart mm-hmm. you know we have we have three minds mm-hmm. the, the, we have the mind we have the heart and we have the gut mm-hmm. and people most often go to their mind but if we really want to tap into our higher self our true nature mm-hmm. we've got to go to the heart yeah and so by that getting out of your head you were able to have the more creative the more visual really that when I, I talked about the senses I believed last night get out of the fifth five senses and go to that next sense is that in the heart space and well um the yeah that's sense. that's your that's just that next level of knowing mm-hmm. so we know that in this dimension in this third dimension that we can see and we can taste and we can hear and we can smell and we can touch and we can tap in and be telepathic. <laughs> it's so true <laughs> and, and wild. And no, and really you're just tapping into this bigger group consciousness mm-hmm. of, you know, our world and, and what we're living. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So cool. cool. Ooh, <laughs> I love it. Um, so everyone listening can probably tell that Julie is like just a well of knowledge um and so in tune so I want to know how did you get to this point like was little baby Julie always very spiritual or what was the catalyst that kind of sparked all of this yeah and you can get as far into your past (laughs) as you want or it can just be as much as you want to share okay cool um yeah that's a big question (laughs) I don't want to spend our whole podcast talking about my life but I do think it's important to give people context so thank you for asking and I'll I'll share as briefly as I can um if I think of little Julie I think of her as you know really sensitive such a sensitive little soul um and what did that look like being sensitive uh, fragile uh, observing Mm -hmm. um feeling Mm -hmm. I just always felt you know I didn't know it then but I just felt people caring kind like I would always be on like on the verge of tears (laughs) and not know why and I think I was just feeling so much in my body and I had no idea what it was my family you know people often talk about their their family lineage that they had someone was this spiritual person and or or they have this heritage of just um I don't know woo woo or witch or wicca or or shaman or whatever it is I didn't have that I didn't have any or at least I'm not aware of it and I actually lately I've been feeling like I should explore that a little bit and and get to know my heritage because I'm Mm -hmm. sure it exists or I'm sure it's out there yeah but yeah I just felt really alone and then um and deeply sensitive and then I was also raised Mormon and so I can't not talk about my experience if I don't talk about my religious upbringing so for those of you listening that 
you know, that you're not Mormon or you don't know anything about it, forgive me, but <laughs> for spending a little bit of time here, but it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, because I left, I left my church and I left the Mormon religion. Um, and it's a, it's a big part of my story. Um, but what I'll share is, you know, I, I was this sensitive spiritual little girl and I always wanted to please, and I always wanted to be good and do what was right. And I think, okay, so part of me is like, well, is that, that's your personality adapting to get love. But it was like, no, I just, I wasn't the rebel. I wasn't trouble. I wasn't, um, I, I just, I wanted to, I wanted to do good mm-hmm. and I still do. And it's interesting in this whole path, this journey, cause I'm, I'm 43 now you know, I think I've just come full circle mm-hmm. <laughs> through all of the learning. But um, when I was about, I want to say 12 or 13 years old, I had the feeling, um, and it came before then, but I remember having a d- distinct feeling of that I wish I wasn't in this church. Mm-hmm. And other people have the, dis- the distinct feeling that they love this church, you mm-hmm. know, but I didn't. And I didn't know what, what else I was supposed to do because no one around me wasn't not Mormon. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, okay, we'll do this thing. And because I'm spiritual, you know, there were moments that I can connect in with that spiritual and be like, oh, this must be, this is true. Mm-hmm. And yet there were so many things about my experience in the church that just felt, I felt resistant to. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I just, I spent most of my childhood, my teen years, um, compliant and in resistance and then as I say that I think I spent most of my adult life in that too yeah <laughs> um but I I would say my late teens I had a moment where again I I looked at my options and I thought do I want to not be in this church and not religious and just again models for what was outside of the church at the time because I grew up in Utah and Utah County south of Salt Lake City and it was pretty predominantly Mormon. And so I just didn't see um, a model of success and power and strength and spirit that wasn't Mormon. So mm-hmm. to me, that was the only way. Um, and so I did that. And I, I guess I, I would say I like put my heels in deep. And I really practiced it. And I married my husband. And um, he was... Do you practice it? You said you went in deep because was it like the only option that you were like, this is... Yeah, well, it felt like the only option and it felt like that was really where I got a lot of validation. Like, how can I show up? How can I be seen? Well, if I'm really good and I'm I'm going to have the friendships and I'm going to be acknowledged and I guess I didn't have the courage at that time to be alone and to walk away from it. Mm -hmm. I just didn't. And all this time, I'm I'm spiritual. (laughs) I'm feeling myself as spiritual. So... How can I not be Mormon if it just, it just it was the only thing that made sense? Yeah, and it was what you knew. It was all I knew. Mm-hmm. That was all I knew. And, you know, in the church, we're taught from um, a very young age to believe this is the only true church. In fact, in you know, once a month in testimony meetings in the LDS church, it's your people are encouraged to stand up if they feel it, if it feels true, and stand up and bear their testimony of the truthfulness of the gospel, which often comes out as... I know this church is true. And and then you go on to share your belief. And I think, wow. So if I don't know it's true, if I step away from it, something's wrong with me. And I must be wrong. Something about me must be wrong. And then if you equate that, like what emotion comes up? 
for me and I think for many, the emotion that comes up is shame. Mm-hmm. And we know on um, from David Hawkins' work and the um, about levels of consciousness that shame is the lowest vibrating emotion mm-hmm. that carries the lowest vibration. And it is so painful to live in shame. And so um, I bring this up because over the years I had always, I was living it, I was practicing it, I was raising my family with it, I was pronouncing my testimony, I was, I was fully in it. And there was a part of me that still had that 12-year-old voice that said, I wish I wasn't raised in this church. Yeah. I wish this wasn't my thing because I didn't like the rules. I didn't like, I really didn't like the, the, um, you wear a garment. If you go through the temple, you wear a, a, a sacred special, um, underwear. And I, I didn't like that. I didn't like the clothing. I didn't like, um, I didn't like the, um, I didn't like certain parts of worship. Mm-hmm. It just didn't. And I guess now when I look back, it's the ritual of worshiping something that to me just it just didn't it didn't feel right it just yeah. didn't feel right to me and it sounds like from a young age you were very in tune mm-hmm. just being sensitive I feel like sensitivity is a sign of just being in tune you mm-hmm. know and so to have I don't know to have this environment where someone is the authority mm-hmm. of you mm-hmm. and on what you do and on rules when I feel like when you're in tune, you know your own rules, right? And you yes. know, or not even rules, yes. but like you you live under the dictates of your own conscience, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so, I don't know. I just, I can see that being very deadening too. At least it was for me to have someone else be like the boss of my mm-hmm. life. When I'm like, no, I like, I'm the boss. I'm the boss of me. Like mm-hmm. I have complete authority over me and like I know best and I don't have to look to anyone else to be able to access God you know like like God is within me I can access God you know yeah you name that perfectly yeah Mm -hmm. so I just feel like a lot like because I was never rebellious either and I mean I've talked a little bit about me leaving but I think it was just it was a different kind of rebellious where I was never like the black sheep or anything or just wanted to like go wild but it was this other type of rebellion where if someone especially like especially like a patriarchal voice told me what to do I was like no like no 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 like I don't want to give away my power because Mm -hmm. like I know best for me that voice who was talking to me like you know best for you but like I know best for me you know Mm -hmm. like don't project that onto me so that Mm -hmm. was one of my things I think and I feel like just knowing you and knowing a little bit about your childhood I think that's just hard for anyone who's really in tune to have someone else tell them, you know, yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, I think what's for, best for you for stating that so eloquently. And I, I can relate with that 100%. Um, yeah, wanting to trust in myself and trust in my knowing and trust in my goodness and trust in my ability to know what was right for me. And I think that, you know, my experience <clears throat> in the church was that it's, it's black and white. It's one way. And I didn't like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I felt like there, all that gray in between and again, my experience in the church was that that gray is made wrong. And to me, the gray wasn't wrong. Like I would look around and I would see people in the church, out of the church, religious, not religious. And I just see souls mm-hmm. and I just see these souls of light and love. And yeah, some are holding more light and some are holding more darkness. But guess what? We're all souls. And in the church, it's this hierarchical system, this, this patriarchy, this, this thing that has people looking up 
and making people right and making people wrong. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to make anyone wrong. I want to just be love and I want to extend that and I want to um, do something because it's coming from my heart and because it feels right rather than it's I have to and I'm checking off that box mm-hmm. and I'm doing it because I'm supposed to and I'm supposed to go visit this person this month and so I'm going to do that and I'm going to check it off versus hey I just made you know 10 jars of jam in my kitchen from the peaches on my tree and I'm going to go share them with whoever I want to share them with because people because it feels good to me mm-hmm. you know and to let your intuition guide you yes, to be like I yes, think that yes. person needs this rather than I'm assigned to do this for this yeah. person or just kind of having a checklist of like, do this, do this, do this, wake up, say your prayers, read your scriptures, da, da, da. And like, after that, I can feel good rather yeah. than like waking up and like, what would feed my soul right now in this moment? And that's always going to look different, right? Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, I just, you know, I could talk really, I could, <laughs> we could spend the whole, the whole two hours talking about this, but essentially I, I knew in my heart that there was something different for me. Um, and I did not know how to access it, and I literally had to die, <laughs> like really die when I think about it. I had to, you know, I had some pretty um, big things happen in my experience to get me to shift, to get me to move. Like, you know, I, I, it's my knowing is it's called that hero's journey. Mm-hmm. When you're ready to shift that thing in your family line, and you're ready to... Ooh, surrender and release and let go of all the programming and all of the stories and all of the limiting beliefs and all of the shoulds and just say, nope, I'm going to do it my way. Mm-hmm. And it was hard and it was lonely. I mean, oh, so lonely, so scary, so frightening. I just, if I look back at her, I'm looking back at the woman I see in my 30s, and she was just full of fear. But what ended up happening was um, in my 30s, I just little by little by little became more numb. And I, I had never thought of myself as a depressed person or, you know, someone with anxiety or I, I just, I always felt pretty happy and pretty bright, and I wasn't. I, mm-hmm. was, I was depressed. And I remember just standing there at my kitchen th- sink and I thought, I am just breathing. I'm not alive. Mm-hmm. I'm not vital. I'm not vibrant. I'm not radiant. I am going through all of the motions, doing all of the things I'm supposed to be doing. I have a you know, beautiful family. I have four beautiful children. I had um, a wonderful husband. And I was miserable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was miserable. And I was just following the rules and I think something just shifted in me that it was like, no more, no more. And I'll just give one little story. I mean, several things happened, but I remember standing in a church building after I'd gone to the temple with a group of adults in the ward. It's a pretty common thing people will do to get together for, for a ward temple night. And I remember standing in the room looking around at the people after we'd been to the temple and we're having refreshments. And, <laughs> and I, I thought, I stood there and I thought, is this it? is this it? Is this my life? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and do the things and I'm going to say yes and I'm going to act the part. Mm-hmm. And while some of it's cool with it, some of it likes the spirit, spiritual aspect of it, and, but there's a big, huge part of me that is in resistance to, to this. And, and I just thought, no, mm-hmm. I'm not doing this. No, no, no. <laughs> and so I... Um, 
I guess I had what my family would probably say is a breakdown. (laughs) (laughs) And what I would say is an awakening. Yeah. And that awakening, when I look back at that, I think it was a death. It was a death of self. It was a death of story. It was a death of that life. And it was a death of um, that part of my life and that part of me holding on to what the family I was born into, the tradition I was born into. And I was saying no mm-hmm. and it died and death is painful and so it it's hard hurt it was you know just talking about it I'm like on the verge of like a mm. lot of emotion here because it was it was tough and the biggest part of it that is hard is um when I think back in it and even now it was like the hardest part is letting people down mm-hmm. it wasn't the hardest part wasn't me like what yeah. I it, the hardest part was when I think of you know letting my parents down. I have nine siblings and thinking of, you know, the siblings of mine that I just love so much and are so dear to my heart. And I know that they were disappointed in me and they Mm -hmm. were sad. And, um, I had my nieces and people that looked up to me because really our family and my, I'm divorced now, but at the time my husband, um, we were the family that, you know, a lot of people really, I don't want to say wanted to be, but in a sense, it was like they looked up to us. We Absolutely. were, we had everything. It, it looked, it, it appeared that we had everything. We were charismatic and dynamic, and we had the house and had the things and just had had it all together. And and yet, it was all falling apart. Mm-hmm. And so, to let people down, that was really hard. And for people to say, you know, I had my brother say to me, "I just want the old Julie," mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, <laughs> you know, break my heart and. When I was going through my divorce, my ex, he said, I just, I just want the girl I married. And I was like, okay, well, she was 20. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, at that time, I'm 36, 35, 36, whatever. And I'm thinking, we are expanding, evolving beings, and I can never go back to what I was, and I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that child. I, I love the wisdom that's coming with these years and with this experience and with life. And, you know, I just ultimately, I disappointed a lot of people and that was hard. It's hard to change the deal, Mm -hmm. to be like, I'm sorry, like, I changed the deal. I did, I changed the deal. But, like, I can't, like, Mm -hmm. I can't go back. It breaks my heart to hear that to have, because I've I've had people say that to me too. I miss, like, the old Amy Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm so sorry and, like, I totally get it. But I I love me so much right now. I'm like, I love you, but I love me more and I can't, I'm not giving her up, you know? Like, it took me so long to find her and claim her that like I can't give it up now and like I'm so sorry because it it does it sucks when you change the deal on someone and Mm -hmm. yeah I got married as this person but we were never meant to be the same person forward energy right just like go forward go forward like expand expand and yeah and you know what's interesting about that is that old Amy, that old Julie, it's the story they had of you. Mm-hmm. And we played the part, at least I played the part of that story because that was all I knew. Mm-hmm. And of course I did it so well because if my gift is to shine and to help and to serve and to lead and to love and to be light, then of course like they equate it with being Mormon. Mm-hmm. And so they think, oh, if, if she's not that she must not be good right. or at least that was my experience of it and that's and that's now how I perceive myself I must not be spiritual <laughs> and I lived in that for a while yeah. where I thought well hmm I guess I'm not a spiritual person I guess I'm not you know I have a lot of doubts but really what it is is you're just stepping away from 
who they think you're supposed to be, who they think you, they, who they want you to be and who you think you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And that happens because there's so much discomfort in self that I think, you know, and, and I guess what happened was I asked the question. I remember standing there thinking, if my life didn't change one bit and I look, if, if five years goes by, if a year goes by and nothing changes, am I cool with that? And it was like, not just a no but like f no yeah (laughs) like like the most solid hard no yeah right so there's the knowing so I think if someone's listening and they're thinking they're in struggle or they're in conflict or there's something's happening and they're not quite sure if they want to shift it and I would say well if nothing changes are you cool with your life exactly as it is Mm -hmm. if you are great Mm -hmm. stay there yeah and if you're not take those steps absolutely yeah Yeah. and for anyone else listening like I think I went through something like that too because you do equate it with like my spirituality is my religion right Mm -hmm. and I think you can be I've said it before you can be spiritual and religious and religious and not spiritual and spiritual and not religious but knowing that any religion or organization does not own your spirituality and does not own your goodness. Like, like it doesn't own any church does not own your goodness. You are good. Mm -mm. Like your birthright is you are good. (laughs) Your Your birthright is that you're good, but that belief goes so deep and it's there because we're taught like, hold on to that iron rod. Like just right. Just stay so true to that. Because if you don't, if you don't, if you leave, if you stray, Mm -hmm. you know, that idea of the, the devil's going to get you and you're going to just that, that whole black, white thinking, um, a God and a devil, you know, that it, it creates so much inner turmoil of Mm -hmm. like, well, what happens if I leave, you know, at least Mm -hmm. that's how it was for me. So, so to get to, how did that get to me to where I am now? Well, a lot of year, a lot of, of years of, um, of hurting and sadness and loneliness. Oh, I isolated myself. Mm-hmm. I isolated myself so much. And so people were like, clearly she's having a nervous Do you feel like that was necessary because, though? Well, like, I didn't. Because you know, you're saying before know. you, like, you were afraid of being alone or like the mm-hmm. lonely path. Do you feel like the loneliness and the isolation was necessary? Or do you feel like it was just, you know, I don't know if it was necessary. I just think it was my response to the shame. Yeah. Is I felt so, I didn't know how to explain it to anyone. And, well, that's not true. I had a neighbor and she's actually one of my, she's my best friend. Um, and she, I remember, um, she just saw me as I, like I described seeing people as souls. She just saw me. And so through my divorce, through my exiting the church, she always loved me and mm-hmm. I could talk to her. And it was funny because people say, why don't you talk to us? Why don't you talk to us? Why don't you, why don't you share? And I thought, well, you're not safe. Mm-hmm. They didn't feel safe. They, I felt judged. I felt, um, now this is all my, my story. I'm projecting this on them. But my experience was that people were trying to hear what I had to say so that they could make me wrong or mm-hmm. so that they could know to know, not know because they care. Mm-hmm. That was my experience. Of yeah. It. So I just got really isolated because I, I didn't know what was happening. And so when you go through that breakthrough and that spiritual awakening and that, um, spiritual death, <laughs> You know, it is, I think that I'm just doing my best and everyone's just doing their best. And, you know, in hindsight, I wish I could have asked for help. I just didn't know how. 
Yeah. But you know, it, it now now when I look at my experience, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I I have so many people in my life, and I, <laughs> I and my tribe is big, and it's just growing and growing and growing. Mm-hmm. But during that time of exiting, it was just I was just alone, and I didn't know anyone else that was leaving the church, and I didn't know anyone else that was having these struggles, so I did it alone. Um, but what happened? Um, I was. So I was at um I was at a pretty low and I was inside like so excited for my future. Yeah. I um and I was low. I was suffering. I was hurting. I think it's like a grieving mm-hmm. process of like grieving totally. the death of mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. of like the old you and it takes a second to just grieve that yeah. loss. Yeah. Yeah. You yes. And, and it takes a while. It doesn't take, it, they used to just said a second, <laughs> years. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, everyone's unique, but it, years. Um, but I, so what happened was I, I had read Eat, Pray, Love, that book, Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. And a friend had given it to me. I was in a book club and she said, Julie, have you read this book? And I was like, no. And she, she said, I think that it would help you during this time, mm-hmm. you know, and she's another one of those people that was just, I think she just saw my soul. She's just always been so good to me. And I read that book, and oh my goodness, if you haven't read it, the author, she just gets so raw, so, so, so raw with her heartache and her suffering and her pain. And it was just refreshing because I didn't know anyone that was so true in their, um, just really in their shit, <laughs> you know, to be honest. It was just like she just named all of it. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I related with so much of her story. But in it, you know, she, you know, she travels and she she finds meditation and she goes to Bali and she finds this spiritual healer. And so I'm reading the book and I'm thinking, I need a healer. I need a person. I need help. And I literally Googled, um, like, I think I, I Googled spiritual healer. I Googled, um, wellness. I just, I just started Googling different words and this, I thought I need help. I need to go to a retreat. Cause I'm like, well, I can't go to Bali and I can't go to India today, but I, I can try to find something local. And so some stuff came up in Arizona and California and Colorado. And then there was something in Southern Utah and St. George, Utah. And I clicked on the retreat and it was a, it was a, an emotional, I think it was called emotional wellness retreat. And it was like, are you scared? Are you, do you feel stuck? <laughs> yes. You know, and it was like all the things I was like, yes, 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 yes. And so I was in my divorce. I was going through the divorce at this time. And my ex and I were pretty friendly at the time. And I just said, hey, I think I want to do this thing. And um, what do you think? Because um, I was a stay-at-home mom. That I haven't named that either here. I was a stay-at-home mom. I hadn't worked. So I, had, I hadn't... <laughs> I literally was like, hmm, what am I going to do with my life? Mm-hmm. I have not worked in um, 16 years. Mm-hmm. And I have four children. And am I just going to be penniless and alone for the rest of my life? Um, and so in a way I was going to him for, per, to, to ask permission, which ugh, I hate even saying that, but how am I going to pay for this? Right. And it was like $4,000 or something. Um, but he was really supportive and he just said, yeah, if you think it'll help you, I think that's great. And so I went, the teacher there, um, she's an amazing woman. She's clairvoyant. Um, I call her my guru. What she, does clairvoyant mean for everyone listening oh, who maybe oh, yeah. hasn't heard oh, that word? Uh, clairvoyant is you see. So we all have spiritual gifts and... Some are clairsentient, some are clairvoyant, some, so some we clairaudient. So we clairaudient, we hear. Clairsentient, we feel. Clairvoyant, we see. So I've never seen, but I feel and I hear, and I and I do. I feel and I hear. So 
a clairvoyant is one that can see spirits, connect with spirits, see aura, see light, see, you can see, you can see more of this energetic realm. Um, but she was clairvoyant and, um, during the course of that, I think it was a five day retreat. Um, she used many healing modalities to work with, um, me and, and the group that was there one of the things we practiced was kundalini yoga. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and you I had just, never heard of it. No, and I just point. got goosebumps and chills. And, <laughs> oh, and I really am on the verge of crying because I'm just so happy. <laughs> but um, So I did all these things and I felt amazing. And we did, um, she's also a shaman. And so we did some shamanic practices. And I worked with a shaman there. And she did an energy clearing and cards and all this stuff I had never done. Mm-hmm. I literally, in my mind, I, I guess my th- thinking was some of this was evil, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is so silly. And maybe it's not. And that was just my story. But all the things that I just thought, what am I doing? And it feels really good. Yeah. It feels really, really good. And we... Um, we went out one night, we did a fire ceremony, and if you've never done fire ceremony, it's just a chance to um, really release all the things you don't need. So you write it on a piece of paper, and the, you know, it's ritual, um, yeah. and you write things on a piece of paper of what you want to release, and then you seal it up, and you know, and different um, people will do it in their own ways, different traditions will do it in their own ways, but you know, she put in different, um, I don't know, she put sage in there, and but just different elements of the earth in with it. And then you put it in the fire and then you also like then make a list of the things you want to call in. Mm-hmm. And so you, and then you go and you walk and I forget what it's called. The rock circle that you mm-hmm. walk. Do you remember what that's? No, I don't get what, Oh, I can't think of it. Do you called. do a certain number of times that you, you walk around? It's, what is it called? Um, it'll come to me, but you, we, so we're <laughs> by the moonlight, we're drumming and we're Sounds doing amazing. <laughs> I remember thinking if anyone that knew me could see me, they would think I was legit crazy because it's just, I wasn't raised with any of this, okay? Everything seems weird that's not yours. Right, and it wasn't mine. And guess what? I felt like I was home. Mm-hmm. And um, But yeah, you walk in the circle and you're just going in and you're, you're doing walking, 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 walking. You go in, you leave your thing. Um, this is part of, kind of part of the fire ceremony and then you come back out and... Um, so I, sh- I shared this story because it's interesting because I had written in my journal all the things I wanted to release and the ways I wanted my life to change and what I wanted my new life to look like. And I came upon that piece of paper probably two years later and I went and read it and I thought, oh my gosh, the woman that wrote all of these things, she was sad, she was scared, she was lonely, she was broken, she was just so, so, so full of fear and when I read through everything she had written, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not it's any, released. It's, it's released, it's done. And all the things I wanted, I was like, oh, I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so magic. now I'm like, okay, so the ritual of writing it down, going through that motion, because people will think a thing and then they just go on with their day. So this is where, when I talk about consciousness, consciousness is how am I creating my life? Am I creating it? with my actions or am I creating it just by going numbly through life because mm-hmm. most people are going numbly through through life so it was so exciting to see that I thought wow I I am a creator you're creating your I reality I am creating my reality mm-hmm. so I left that experience um having 
been exposed to all of these things, all of these new things. I was exposed to Reiki there for the first time, shamanic practices, kundalini, like all the things. And I remember my teacher talking, was talking about the quantum realm. And I'm sitting there thinking, what is she talking about, right? And I remember feeling like an infant, really, like I felt like a two-year-old amongst this group of people because I just had no understanding. That's how new all of this was. So I came home um, and I was practicing the little bit of kundalini I remembered and I was meditating daily. And um, in meditation one afternoon, I... I heard a voice and so I said I see and I I or I feel I, and I feel and I hear and I heard a voice and it said you need to learn kundalini yoga and I I thought um no <laughs> and again it said you need to learn kundalini yoga and again I thought I said well that's silly because I live in Orem Utah and I don't think that kundalini exists in this state mm-hmm. <laughs> or I've never heard of it and the voice said well that's why you need to learn it Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ugh, no, no one's going to practice Kundalini. Again, remember, I'm feeling pretty isolated and alone at this point. I really don't have anybody. Um, just a, one, that one friend that, that loved me. <laughs> um, and uh, again, I, I said, I just said, no, um, I, no one will practice it here. And then it said, Julie, if you learn it, the people that need you will find you. And... Um, Sorry. Oh, you're great. Yeah. It was just in that moment, um, I believed that. And I sat with that and I was like, okay, so if I learn it, the people that need me will find me. And I thought, okay. And so I just, I still like was using my mind. (laughs) And I said, I just, I guess I must have gone into my heart to like feel and trust. And it was a yes. And I, so I surrendered. The moment I surrendered and I let go of the cognitive, all of the reasons why not, and I just said yes to the possibility, the potential of what could be, and I said yes, okay, I will, and I was enveloped in bright white light and um, all the colors, and I felt held, I felt loved, I felt supported, and oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I'm so emotional. No, it's beautiful. But it was the first time since I had left the church um, four years prior that I realized, oh, I am spiritual. I'm just not religious. Yeah. (laughs) And that hadn't clicked in all of that time. And I was, I, and then I had this incredible knowing of this is your purpose. This is your path. And this is what you're meant to do, be doing, or at least a part of it. Um, and it was so beautiful because in my 20s, I remember looking up to women I really admired and, um, you know, people that were just were successful and were really using their voice. And I remember I, I was a, um, a stay-at-home mom at the time and I wasn't really, feel like I was contributing contrib- contributing more outside of that, which to be a mother is an amazing thing. But I just felt like there was something more. Yeah, there's something And I remember big. thinking, I wonder when I'll be who I am. Mm-hmm. I wonder when I'll be who I am because I just didn't feel fully in my wholeness or in who I am. And um, also in that moment that then it came, I was like, oh, this is who I am. And not that I want to identify that, oh, I'm Kundalini and that is me, but we all have a purpose on this planet and we all have a gift to give. 
And so when you can connect in with the thing that's yours, your art, your creativity, your power, your voice, like you're doing your podcast and you shine in it, right? <laughs> and someone else, they it just it, it they could be the best dentist on the planet. I don't like, care yeah, whatever what it you is, up. whatever lights you up. And it was like, this is my thing. And of course it's my thing because I've always had that deep, deep, deep nurturing and feeling and care to want to help people. Mm-hmm. And so Kundalini is a, a healing modality and it just, it does that. So that was sort of the shift that, so you say, how did I get here? I had to go through all the pain, all the suffering. I had to let go. I had to leave my marriage. I had to leave the church. I had to disappoint and let down. And I had to come into alignment with who I am. And when I say that, I think alignment, because we hear that word alignment, authenticity, well, what that means to me is what I do, what I think, and what I say all line up. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking a talk, right, and walking a different walk. I am doing the things that I say. I am feeling and connected in with what is in my heart. That's how I live, and that's what I project. And am I perfect? No. Do I screw up? Yes. Am I... You know, my kids would be the first ones to say, you know, mom, mom, I don't know, just they might give me a little bit of shit about this, but because they see me in all my sides. But ultimately, you know, no, like what I do, what I say and what I think, I want that to match up. And as a Mormon woman, it didn't. Mm -hmm. And in my marriage, it it didn't. Um, And now, (laughs) now (laughs) I can't stand how... Um, amazing life is and I just to all the people that are suffering all the people that are struggling and they're getting by and they're going through the motions and they're doing the things that they have to or they should I think it's so easy when you just surrender Mm -hmm. and you just do you but like surrender feels like the scariest thing like it's the hardest it, it like is easy because everything after that just flows after you surrender everything flows but like to finally just surrender that's the scariest part but I think it is it's like yeah like you surrendered and then you listened like you listened to that like guiding voice within you right it took years though yeah exactly (laughs) but like it wasn't quick yeah but just to trust that voice that like it's like very field of dreams if you build it they will come if you follow the light within you if you follow what brings you joy and curiosity and lights you up which for you was kundalini and like all of these other modalities like people will come and you'll be able to share that medicine with Mm -hmm. people even though at the time kundalini was nowhere in utah Mm -hmm. and even now i feel like very few people know about it yeah i feel like i 10 percent of the people i talk to know what it is and half of those have ever done anything in it Mm -hmm. you know that's scary but so cool that you just did like a trust fall and like okay like I'm going to follow this voice. I'm finally me. My life is finally starting. And I'm like, I'm finally me. And think of how did you find me? Exactly. Like why are we talking today? Exactly. It's just it's, because I did the thing I was supposed to no, do. No, it's okay. because both of us yeah. are following like this <laughs> voice and like mm-hmm. all of these people that I'm meeting and this tribe that like I'm creating, you're creating, we're a part of. It's just because we're all following the pings we get of like, she looks like I need to talk to her. She mm-hmm. has something that I like I just need to talk to her. And so for me that looks just like contacting random people. Mm-hmm. I think we need to talk yeah, right. and you know and just following that voice. Yeah. Which is so beautiful. Yeah, and I do the same thing. I'll I'll get a sense I'm like 
I need to say hi to that person and I can't tell you how many clients I've gotten because I walked up and I said hello. Yeah. I had a feeling I was supposed to and I did. And I'll just say one more thing too um, when I just look back at that that period of the growth and that period of the awakening, that period of the shifting because a lot of people are in it mm-hmm. and it's just like, ooh, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. But I'll say that you're always being guided or I believe you're always being guided. You're always being, the universe is always supporting you. You're always being led to become your best, your highest, your happiest. And it comes in dreams. It comes in feelings. It comes in sickness. It comes in like people are suffering. Well, that suffering is information. Yeah. You know, our bodies are are just talking to us, screaming. I feel at like us our bodies are a lie time. detector. Yes, and it's like if yes, we're living on truths, yes. our body's gonna shout like uh, so loud. And it's so, like the yeah. what is? I, mean, I don't know if it's Oprah. Or I don't even know who, but said the universe will whisper, and if you don't listen to the whispers, mm-hmm. like it'll roar. Yeah, you know, it, and sometimes it it's like your body's screaming, mm-hmm. telling you something's mm-hmm. not right. Yeah. So how do you? How do you? How do you decipher it? How do you know? Well, you get help. You ask. You get a teacher. You go to a therapist. You get a guide. You go to the energy healer. You go to the psychic. You pray. You ask. You do your thing. Um, and you pay attention. You pay attention. And I, I, um, I've shared this with you before, but the about dreaming. Mm-hmm. I had a, a dream. I was just so, it was really hard for me to leave my marriage. Really, really hard. And, um, and the best thing for me. Uh, and divorce is hard on, uh, hard, hard for kids. Divorce is just hard. And for some, it's absolutely necessary. And for those that can make it work, make it work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But for me, I needed to get out of it. And I just was, if you go to my personality type of being so trying to be obedient and trying to do the thing that's right and, and, and just follow and want to please, it took like just Oh, like literally the universe is like taking me and shaking me. But I had a dream one night that I was um, pinned up against a fence. That I was in like a parking, I think I was there, parking spaces next to a fence. And my ex-husband was driving a motorhome. <laughs> and I was by a building and a fence and he was coming in with the home. And he, he literally like as he got closer and closer, I thought I was not only going to suffocate but I was just going to be crushed and then die. And so when I woke up, I was like, oh my gosh. Because I was still in that thinking of like, should I stay? Should I go? What do I do? And it was just like, it was so clear. Mm-hmm. And so what was the dream? The dream was saying, if you stay, it's crushing your soul. Mm-hmm. It's suffocating you. You're going to die. Mm-hmm. And so it was that. And then you go ahead and take like many, many, many experiences like that. And that's what finally got me out of it because it was not an easy decision. I didn't take it lightly mm-hmm. at all. That's beautiful. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I wanted to say really quickly that just came into my head is something that my sister <clears throat> um, said to me like a bunch of times over the past year or so. But I think like, yeah, not everyone like needs to leave their marriage. Not everyone needs to leave a religion. Like everyone's journey is so different. Mm-hmm. And, like make it work or like yeah. if it brings you joy or mm-hmm. like don't, you don't have to follow Julie and I and like our paths or whatever it is, right? No, if like leaving of religion or whatever. But I also think that, yeah, sometimes like it is in someone's highest good too. So like if anyone's yeah. listening and feeling like this like ping, and something my sister said a lot was, what is in the highest good for you will be the highest good of everyone. Yes. So like beautiful. the highest good for you was to leave and like the highest good for your ex now was that as well, right? Like mm-hmm. I just feel like 
what is in the highest good of one person will affect the whole in its highest good, you Mm -hmm. know? So I just think if you're following what's in your like very most highest good, not like your ego stuff, but like it's going to be beneficial for the whole. Well, and let's just clarify there though, that people can leave a marriage and not work on their stuff and then get in another marriage and the same stuff comes up. And then there's the second divorce and the third divorce. And so I'm not saying that, oh, because I got divorced, I was following my highest good. And what I'm saying is um, (laughs) the universe was sending me messages. Mm -hmm. And the universe was letting me know that I'm bigger, I'm brighter, I'm more powerful than I'm playing. Mm -hmm. I wasn't showing up in the capacity that I could. Mm -hmm. And the inner knowing knew that. Mm-hmm. I, I just did. My head didn't. My mind didn't. My conditioning, my limiting belief didn't. But my soul did. Mm-hmm. And my body did. And this inner knowing, that essence, that part of me, that's me, that part of, you know, our souls are with us for lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Our body dies, but our soul doesn't. Our mm-hmm. soul moves and it goes and it, it, it gets to experience all. And the soul knew I was here to do more and I was here to play bigger than I was playing Mm -hmm. and so with that you know when I got the divorce and I got that the the call to shift and you know come into that thing that's for my highest good or be my highest self I took a lot of work I I I, a lot of therapy a lot of coaching a lot of energy work a lot of uh real life experiences reflecting back to me me and who who makes the choice of how you do the work you do yeah so I had to show up I had to say okay so this is me I'm the problem I'm the common denominator if there's fear it's my fear if there's shame it's my shame Mm -hmm. if there's isolation it's I'm isolating so I can now now look at all of it and think well people were there for me all of the whole time um I just didn't let them in. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to let my family see me and hold me as I am because I didn't know, right? Yeah. And so the work is saying, how can I be better? How how what how how can I get out of victim mindset? Mm-hmm. Really? How can I be the one that says, what is my part in this? Yeah. What did I do to contribute? to this divorce Mm -hmm. so that I don't do it again yeah and what is and and if I look back I think well I didn't speak up I didn't say what I really felt I didn't like I did all the things to make sure you were okay and you were comfortable but I was miserable Mm -hmm. and whose fault is that mine yeah (laughs) it's not my ex's fault that I played that game now I was doing the best I could right but the work with what you knew with what I knew Mm -hmm. so the work becomes as you shift you have to go inward. You have to go to yourself. And so that really comes back to the work that I do and why I'm so passionate about kundalini and coaching and meditation and, you know, somatic practices and working with the body is because, you know, I want to be better. I want to do better. Mm-hmm. This life is amazing. This life is beautiful. And it can be, it, it just, there's so much potential for us to grow and to be elevated and to be our highest selves truly right so how do we do that well we can't make excuses we have to own the parts of ourselves that need to grow and how do we do that um look at your relationships i think seeing everything as a mirror like relationships but even like what's presenting itself in your life Mm -hmm. like what the universe is reflecting back to you yeah about you know where you're at 100 percent. and how and how does it show you that 
it shows you that in the conversations you have, mm-hmm. in the things that upset you. If you're on the freeway and you get mad, you get road rage, or are you cool? And you're like, no problem. Mm-hmm. I'll just slow down. Mm-hmm. Or do you blame? And you're like, what a jerk. What you know? And you get mm-hmm. upset. Like, how quick are you to anger? How quick are you to shut down? How quick are you to freeze? Mm-hmm. Or that fight, flight, freeze response. Like, what does your body do? Yeah. Right? Um, and so I think the when you said everything's a mirror, everything's everything mirrors back to us, but it mirrors it back to us in our relationships. Yeah. So your relationship with your parents, your friends, your coworkers, your spouse, whoever's in your life, look at those relationships and then say, okay, how well am I doing? Mm-hmm. If I've pushed everybody away, if I'm in a fight with someone, if I'm mad, if I, right? Like that's my problem. Yeah. Right? So our relationships let us see where we're at. And so if I keep doing the same thing, now with this person and that person, the same thing keeps showing up until it's fixed, mm-hmm. until we can grow that part of ourselves. Yeah, you really. repeat cycles until mm-hmm. it's fixed, which I yeah. love that you said that. That like, yeah, you can get a divorce and a second divorce right. and a third. Like you didn't fix anything. Fix it, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't have to repeat itself and keep teaching you. But you can only fix it by looking at yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if I blame, you have to get out of blaming. Because when I blame, I'm making it the other. It's not the other, it's me. Yeah. And something that I love that you said a little earlier that you hit on was um, when you were saying, I had this one neighbor who was my friend. She saw me and like, well, that was just my projection. And you were saying, I had people there all along. I just didn't want to be seen. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I struggled with too when this whole like awakening happened and I just felt like what is happening and this is weird and da, 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 da. And I kind of did isolate myself. I mean, I did have people who definitely saw me and that I felt safe with. But I think it was this, it was showing me, it was reflecting back to me that I felt shame about things. So like, I didn't want you to see me in this way because like you wouldn't understand and like, but it was me feeling shame about that, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas if I now, like I feel like I can be myself and like, I don't really care what people think. And because of that, because of like where I'm sitting energetically, people treat me differently. Mm -hmm. So because Maybe back then you thought you're going to judge me. You're going to think I'm having a breakdown. And because you had that energetic mindset, people would. They yeah. would reflect that back totally, to you. Totally, totally. Whereas like from where you're sitting now, I'm good. And my truth is is just as true as your truth, mm-hmm. you know? And just having that like confidence, I feel like people treat you differently. Mm-hmm. They treat me differently at least. Totally. But I feel like, yeah, that's just another like mirror of, oh, I think I'm feeling shame and I feel like people are going to reflect that back to me because I'm feeling that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I th- thank you for saying that. It, um, because I think there's an, an important piece there to add in. Um, we, we get to show up how we want to show up. So we can hide, we can isolate, we can blame. Or we can just say, you know what, no, this is me. Just mm-hmm. like you said, right? And really beautifully, like, no, I hold this energy. And so now it's I'm holding that higher vibration. Now here's where we get to make a higher choice or mm-hmm. go into to more consciousness we may need to put a boundary in place mm-hmm. so if we've shown up and we say hey this is who I am and and I am I'm fully showing up as me and I want you to meet me and I want you in my life but you know if someone can't hang if someone is you know if they can't deal and they're judging or they they do make you wrong or, or whatever's happening Boundaries are a good thing, mm-hmm. and there are people we do need boundaries with. And so, what I found um, is, Julie, just 
just own you. Mm -hmm. And the more I own me, own who I am, own my experience, people are going to be attracted to that. They're going to gravitate towards me or they're not. Or they're going to fall away. And, and then those places that I still need to learn and grow, like let's say my voice, using my voice, because for me that was definitely one of the, I would say that if I go to my chakras, the two chakras on me that needed to grow, not the heart, heart open. (laughs) (laughs) Heart open. It's like, it's there. Uh, Third chakra, Mm -hmm. confidence, self-esteem, power. And that's voice? Uh, Oh, sorry. I was going down. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So third chakra, fire. Is that solar plexus? Solar plexus. Yeah. Solar plexus, confidence, power, self-esteem. That's where we like, we just make things happen. Mm -hmm. Voice, say your truth. Mm -hmm. Speak your truth. Yeah. Okay. So for me, it was solar plexus and throat. And so what has happened over the, the, you know, of, over the course of this shifting and my power is, ooh, I have to use my voice. Mm-hmm. And I am challenged in the most, <laughs> most <laughs> painful, I don't know if I should say painful, but I am challenged to use my voice. Mm-hmm. And I can see where I played small and where I didn't use the voice. And then it was like, oh, it showed up again. I resent. Mm-hmm. So my pattern is... Um, Stay small, be quiet, it's okay, it's okay, I'm okay, I'm fine, no problem, no worries. Inside, I'm getting more and more and more upset, more and more and more resentful, mm-hmm. and I'm putting up walls, and now I'm starting to block you, and then, so I get to where I, I go from a zero to a ten, <laughs> and they're like, how are you a ten? When, when, or when I was at a two, if I would have just said, hey. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. I'm not fine. I don't like what you just did. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm learning. And that's, I would say, that's been really one of the pieces I've been working on um, in this last year was all of the times I'm not okay saying it when it's a two and not a 10. Yeah. I remember when I first met you, our first session, mm-hmm. I kept saying that too. I'm like, it's okay though. Everything's, I was in tears <laughs> and it's fine. And you're like, is it fine? Is it fine? <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> Right? Like, I'm not fine. Not. Yeah, but I think especially as women, we're kind of trained to be that way. Of like, it's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you oh, like totally. you first. I'm okay. Don't even. Oh, that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. someone says something like sexist or offensive. Like, it's okay. What you know? Just whatever. Be small. Play small. I think I've talked to you about this before. Like, one of my favorite books is Love Warrior by Glennon Doyle. Mm-hmm. Doyle. Yeah. Glennon Doyle. And but she talks about that about how we send our representatives out to live for us mm-hmm. because our true selves like would never be okay with that, but we play small. And so we put on a mask and we send out a representative to Mm -hmm. say the right things and to play the part and to be okay and to be small and to be like unaffected. But like eventually you just die. die Because it's so fake. Because it's not you. It's your representative. Like they go out and live for you, Mm -hmm. you know? And then you can come home and like kind of maybe take it off and be okay and be with yourself and be alone, but you just feel dead. Like this isn't life. My like, my life wasn't meant to set my representative out and to just like do the list and to come home and like watch Netflix and then go to bed until right. you die. Like yeah, that's not right, it. Right. But that that's safe. Yeah. It's safe and it's easy. Although I would say it's not easy because there's inner turmoil that's really hard. It's easy because you're not disappointing but people. But it's easy. Yeah. But on, so on so many levels that becomes the, it's the path of least resistance and it's also the path of dead yeah (laughs) of dull of numb of nothing and you know if you think of anyone that has a voice anyone that you you really look up to or you you know you read their book or you're listening to their podcast or or they they created a thing that you are inspired by well guess what 
they probably disappointed someone. They probably mm-hmm. bo- broke the mold and they probably stepped out of their comfort zone to do this thing that they know they were meant to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so here, you know, I am, um, and more and more and more, I, I get more students to my, at my Kundalini class and, and with sessions and stuff. And I think I, because I said yes, and because I did the thing, what other kundalini teachers exist right now in Orem, Utah right. or in Utah County, you know, the south of Salt Lake City? Very few. Yeah. It's growing. It's growing. And more and more people, you know, will reach out to me and, How, where did you your, do your training? I want to learn kundalini. And mm-hmm. I think, great, go mm-hmm. learn it. Yeah. But because I did the thing that wasn't easy, it now, it becomes a light, becomes a beacon. It becomes this thing that others can connect into rather than just going with status quo. Yeah. Status quo is numb. Status and you're going to attract is, more status quo. The quote of like, don't be affected by the energy in the room. Affect the energy in the room. Mm, like, And I think yeah. just going back to what we were saying a little earlier is just hold your vibration and like this confidence in your truth. Know that your truth is just as valid and stand in that. And I feel like like attracts like so automatically you're going to attract people that are like you right Mm -hmm. and I feel like for me people fell away that looked like some friends breaking up with me you know which was sad and and what is that really that's just their fear yeah like really I think it's just well one it's a different vibration right um you're just emitting a different frequency Mm -hmm. but and they're just they're scared of like uh uh-oh because they're seeing the world is black and white yeah Uh uh-oh okay, she's, she's at, she's at the other end. I, mm-hmm. I can't do that. Yeah. You know, I had that happen with, you know, many friends where I remember I, when I started my yoga account and I had what I would consider close friends unfollow me. And I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, you're not just someone like I know you Yeah. and I've known you for years mm-hmm. and I do things with you and you're not okay with me. Mm-hmm. being me and that hurt yeah Ugh, that hurt really bad but I think owning yourself even when you know you're going to disappoint people whose like opinion you really value I feel like that's kind of like owning your shadow stuff you know of being like I'm going to be myself even though maybe someone's opinion who I really value I'm going to disappoint and that's okay I feel like that's when growth comes when you know people. yeah you definitely do lose people and like and it's okay. I feel like it's... It is okay. It's it's, it's like, like attracts like always. Mm-hmm. Like attracts mm-hmm. like. So, mm-hmm. so you don't you, have to be sad. Like why should you be sad about someone that doesn't no. value? And I just think it's like, okay, that relationship, it served its purpose. There's no, there's like no sadness in that. Like yeah. it, it was what it needed to be. And I love you from afar. Yeah. You know, yeah. I always love you. Even yeah. though there's love a boundary yeah. or even though you've broken up with me or said bad <clears throat> things about me. Like, mm-hmm. I love you. Mm-hmm. I'll love you from afar always. And you take it like, what's the gift? Mm-hmm. Like, thank you for that. Yeah. And I love you. You're not welcome in my life. Yeah. And thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, cool. Okay. Uh, okay, so I want to move on okay. um, and talk about Kundalini. Because I know as we're talking about this, people are going to be like, what is kundalini? What does that even mean? And maybe people think it, because kundalini yoga, so maybe people think it's like they have this certain vision of what yoga is, but kundalini is so unlike any yoga. 
I've ever done. <laughs> so for everyone wondering what is this and they want to learn like a little bit more, how about you like baptize us a little baptize bit? And- <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if you can use that word, Amy. <laughs> and just, <laughs> no, we're going to just redefine yeah, that word. Let, but yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, kundalini. So kundalini is a little different. Like you said, it's a little different from other yoga practices in that it combines movement, um, which in kundalini are called kriyas. So yeah. it's a set of postures. So movement, a meditation, um, uh, prana, pranayama, so breath work, and um, sound, mm-hmm. uh, mantra. Uh, so you combine all of these things, and in combination, then they create a higher experience of self. They mm-hmm. create... Um, what it's really doing is it, it's bringing the body into balance. It's bringing, it's bringing you back home. It's bringing you back to your essence. So you're doing all the things that help you be your best you, your healthiest you, your most yeah. radiant, glowing you. And I guess, um, you know, Kundalini, it's an ancient practice and it was brought to the West by Yogi Bhajan. So you'll hear, you know, people, anyone that's into Kundalini, there's a lot of Yogi Bhajan quotes, but he was very, very, very wise. And the more I study and really understand his words are powerful. Mm-hmm. I don't want to worship him because coming from the background I yeah. just discussed, I, I don't want to be in a place where I worship and I put someone up, but his gift to this world, his purpose was to bring this technology to the planet at this time, mm-hmm. right? And it um, is a technology. It's a technology. It's a healing modality. It's a way. And for some, they might need rock climbing and swimming, and mm-hmm. that might be their thing, right? Uh, Kundalini isn't for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, I get a lot of first timers, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I never see them They're again. Like, uh-uh. And it's totally fine because it is like your first time. You are sitting in weird positions, and mm-hmm. it's not yoga. You're not doing like downward mm-hmm. dog. Like you're doing movement. Like I remember one time in this class, I was doing like this like donkey kick thing, yeah. or like. <laughs> well, did you just hear yourself though? You said it's not yoga. It's not what your idea of yes, yoga is. Yes, yes. It's no. not what your idea of yoga is because... But I honestly think, like, I remember one of my first yoga classes, the teacher was saying, the movement is only part of it. It's, mm-hmm. like, one small part mm-hmm. of it. It's, like, you're you're trying to get to this place of, like, enlightenment and nirvana. Yeah. The movement, people mistake that as, like, the workout. Yeah. You're getting a good workout. And, mm-hmm. like, it is that. Well, they're seeing it as... So, in the West, in the United States, in this... In what we've done to yoga is we've made it this beautiful body thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you do yoga, oh, you your must arms be are flexible, be like right? Toned. You mu- yeah, you must have this beautiful yeah. physique. And Kundalini's taking it's a technology to work the whole person, yeah. and so it's coming from the place that, or it works on the principle that um, our physical body and our energetic body are intertwined, and so what I due to my physical body impacts my energetic body. It impacts my energy. And what I do to my energy or my energetic body impacts my physical body. Mm-hmm. And so Kundalini is it, Kundalini is the um, the energy that rests at the base of the spine. Okay. And it's it's likened to a serpent, a mm-hmm. coiled snake. And that that energy rests at the base of your spine. And then what we want to do is awaken it. And mm-hmm. so you can have a kundalini awakening and have never have done kundalini. Yeah, because right? kundalini is also just like the energy. Kundalini in you. is the energy. Yeah. It's the potential. So it's the it's the creative potential of all human beings. So we all hold it. Mm-hmm. And you can activate it in other ways. It doesn't have to just be kundalini yoga. Kundalini yoga is just that 
you know, prescribed certain postures. Um, it's, it's very deliberate and it works quickly. So yeah. I would say if you're wanting to shift, if you're wanting to raise, and if you're called to it, practice Kundalini because yeah. it's going to get you there, but you mm-hmm. can get there in other ways. But so if you think that energy rests at the base of the spine and then by using the breath, by using the postures, um, by using sound, that energy rises up and as, as it rises up the chakra, so think root chakra right at the base of the spine, it rises up, it starts to move up to that second chakra, mm-hmm. move up to the belly, move up to the heart, move up to the throat, move up to the third eye. And really what you're trying to do is you get it up that central nerve channel of the body, that central channel, and you get it all the way up to the pituitary gland and the pineal gland, you're awakening, you're going into the deepest parts of self and then up, you know, four inches above that crown into your your deeper connection to the divine, if mm-hmm. you will, or deeper consciousness, but really you're awakening your potential to then connect with the greater, um, just to the, to everyone, to the whole, you know, that yeah. you hear those, the, the quotes, you know, we're all one, like all we're the all, things. We're all cups out of the ocean. We're, we're all, all the true, ocean. Though. We're all they're, cups. They're, yeah. Right. But they're all like, the more I do this more, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's all of those yeah. quotes, all of those sayings they're all real they actually are real we are all one because we're all connected to divine consciousness we are and so you're awakening consciousness so kundalini is this technology it's um it's it's uh it's a practice to awaken all of that part of you that is that is you Mm -hmm. and i like to describe it sometimes in class i'll talk about how you know the sun is always there Mm -hmm. and some days it's cloudy and we can't see it but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. It's still there. We just can't see it. And so I like to say Kundalini, it's like it has the capacity to clear away the clouds so you can see your sun. Because mm-hmm. your sun is always there. Your potential is always there. Your radiance is always there. But when you're in depression, you're compressed. You can't see it. You can't feel you. You can't access that part of you. And so you need something to help you move it. And you can take an antidepressant. Yeah. But that's just putting a band-aid over the problem or you can go deeper and you can really start to clear and move and you know kundalini um it has the capacity to really begin to liberate the places in which we have stored trauma in the body mm-hmm. and this is science this has been this has been stated by doctors that they know that we hold we hold pockets of stress those neuropeptides in the brain we can trace those into the body so that those pockets of stress, those pockets of um, really suppressed emotion mm-hmm. and trauma, stuff we're holding, we can, it's through the movements, through this practice, you liberate that, you shift it, you work with the subconscious and you start to clear the subconscious. So now I have access to the whole of me. Mm-hmm. Not just parts of me, but the whole of me. Yeah. And I have access to me in a way that I didn't before because I've moved the stuff that I'm holding. And that's what Kundalini does. Like it makes space. Powerful. It mm-hmm. makes space. It makes space for, um, <laughs> yeah, it, make, it makes space. For and so to much. just like, yeah, like you were saying, to clear out all of the trauma because I do believe that our body holds trauma. And it's like I was saying, like, it's going to whisper, like, your body will whisper. And then if you don't listen, it roars. If you don't clear away the trauma, it creates disease, you know? Like your body's trying to tell you, like, clear this, clear this. And, like, a doctor can cut it out with Mm -hmm. surgery or, you know, 
just like clear it before it turns into dis-ease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it goes in, it works it, it, you know, kundalini works the, the glandular system. It works on imbalancing the hemispheres of the brain. Mm-hmm. It works your nervous system. So people will come into class and we'll be holding a posture. And, you know, earlier you said, this isn't, it's not yoga. And I do the same thing. Like I'll find myself thinking, here we go. We're going to do this crazy thing where we're sticking out our tongue and like donkey kicking our butt. Mm-hmm. And like, what is this? Yeah. But it all, there's a reason for all of it. It's all very deliberate. Yeah. And right. it's not, it's not traditional yoga. So when I say like, it's not yoga, yeah. it's like, it's not the yoga that you have in your head. But to me now, I'm like, oh, this is like the truest form. Yes. It's like, I'm right. like, I'm like right. uninterested in anything else. Yeah. Like, I think every morning I do like a little vinyasa flow just to like mm-hmm. get my body moving and blood flowing. But it's like, then I go into Kundalini and, and like breath of fire. And, and in Kundalini. Yeah. You'll find it in Kundalini, but Kundalini, like this is how I, I heard it described, which I really love. They said, it, I don't know where I read it, but it was, it stated that yoga, um, yoga, different types of yoga are the facets of a diamond. Kundalini is the diamond. Mm-hmm. It yeah. holds all the things. That's what right? I think. It's like this, it's this medicine that's like the truest form of yoga I'm like oh this is what yoga should have always been I mean I hate the word should but it's like I think they all serve a purpose Mm -hmm. but I just think this is it and you're right like it's I don't know a hundredth of what you know about it but from what I've experienced there's a posture and a breath and like a kriya for like so many different things for attracting more wealth and abundance Mm -hmm. to healing like certain organs in your body or activating certain things or clearing emotions or I remember once a couple years ago doing um, a certain practice that it was for the, probably the immune system actually, but I remember the the next morning after, like I had a sore throat and Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, this is detoxing me Mm -hmm. right now. And and I knew I wasn't getting sick. I'm like, tomorrow I'll be better. But it was moving up and out of me, Mm -hmm. all of these toxins. So yeah, I just think it's cool that it's, it's, there's like a kriya, there's like a posture, there's a breath for everything. everything. Yeah. You know, and I, I think it's important to note that it's not, um, you don't do kundalini. You don't start it when you're sick to get better, yeah. per se. You do it to bring balance and to bring harmony. And so, like, oh, we'll do a kriya for the liver or the spleen or we'll, you know, we're working our thigh meridian or we're working our throat chakra. You're, what you're doing is you're bringing more energy to that spot. So, you, like you said, you'll see people that are more vibrant. They have light. Well, what does kundalini do? Why Why are you more vibrant? Why are you more lit? Well, when you start to awaken that energy, so we all have this energy, this immense, just infinite energy within, right? And as you start to awaken that and charge the body and start to implement and do these practices, use your breath. Breath work, pranayama is, it's, I'd say it's the golden ticket. Mm-hmm. That is your bread and butter. Go to breath. Go to, mm-hmm. go to breath work. Okay, so you are, so kundalini is, it's awakening that energy, and if you like to think, you know, you're walking around as like a 50-watt light bulb, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? Most people. Most, yeah. most people are a 25-watt light bulb, 50-watt light bulb. What you're doing is you're, you're moving up to a 200-watt light bulb. Mm-hmm. And so when you see people that are bright, it's because they're lit. And, and you people hear that notice. Term, like, I notice. Right, you mm-hmm. notice, and you hear that term, oh, you're lit. It's like, no, you're, li- you're literally lit. Mm-hmm. And so when people start doing the... You'll, like let's say we did a yoga eradicator prior to starting yeah. our, our um, podcast today. I asked Amy if we could do some breath work to charge our bodies, but you're um, you're developing the capacity to hold more energy, 
And with more energy, you can be more vibrant, yeah, more radiant. And so, so many, so many of the kriyas and meditations that Yogi Bhajan taught are about radiance, mm-hmm. your radiant body. And why does that matter? Well, that matters because if you want to have an amazing experience in this life, if you want to be dynamic, if you want to be, you know, you want to walk into a space and people notice, like, what is, what's, mm-hmm. what is up with them, or. Um, you want opportunity to come to you want to attract yeah you know, this is really law of attraction no but it's like give people a reason for the light within yes. you like, and so it's through these practices that you light yourself up mm-hmm. and if you think you know there's an invisible field of energy surrounding everyone everything in our material universe is always emitting light and information including you mm-hmm. So that medic, magnetic field is an energy, and that energy is a frequency, and all frequency carries information, right? Mm-hmm. So think, why, why are you attracted to a, a thing? Because your frequency, your vibe is in sync with that, or it feels good and you want to meet it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? you're attracted to light. So we're working with our magnetic field, we're working with our energetic field. We're working with, if you've ever done acupressure or acupuncture, our circulatory system moves our blood, mm-hmm. right? And our lymphatic system is, that's the lymph that we want to, we want to pump that. We want to move that for Detox. our immunity. Mm-hmm. And, but our energetic body, what's the energetic body? That is the meridian system in Eastern medicine. So we're working with the energetic channels so that we can have greater flow and greater movement in our energy body, which I already talked about how it influences the physical body. Mm-hmm. So, so that's Kundalini. I, I think it's magic. I think it's, it's real. Wonderful. It's real. It's very real. And if <laughs> you real. ever see, because like Julie, I hope everyone sees her in person one day, <laughs> is like glowing. And I can always tell, I mean, I guess if people do Kundalini or they do another modality or of another system to be able to access this energy and to be able to harness this energy but you can tell I feel like people who practice kundalini I'm like you're the most beautiful person I've ever seen and it's true though like people who practice it they're beautiful and glowing and radiant it's because you're clearing out all of this crap and you're making space for more light to be able to hold more energy and I love that you said I think I've talked about this in another podcast but that it's technology and like I always think about kundalini as it's like updating your system. So like if yeah. you have an old Mac from 2001, it can't hold the new software. Like it, the system just can't hold it. So you have to update the system. You have to like, you need to update your body so it can hold this new energy, this new software. Like it's such real technology yeah. to me. And like, it's very real. Like if you practice it, if you feel called to it, I feel like you're going to have an experience. Like if we're talking about this and you're getting pings of like, hmm, this is sounding interesting. Like I kind of want to try it, do it because it's for you. When I did it, I felt my body wake up. And I've talked to you about this before. Like I felt different chakra points like light up. Like my head for months was just tingling. Like it felt like there was like raindrops on the top Mm, of my head, like the crown chakra or like my heart. I felt like the only way I could explain it was I feel like my heart is breathing. Like it felt like it was like pumping something. Mm -hmm. And so Kundalini is the most real thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many different beautiful spiritual practices, but Kundalini is power. Like it's power and it's it's real. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And you know, I, as you're, as you're talking about that, I think 
even if you just did kundalini meditation, let's say you just meditate, let's say you can't find a kundalini yoga class or you don't want to go to a class, you're resistant to that because people have all of their reasons why that they can't, but anyone can meditate. Yeah. And so even just come into meditation, quiet your mind, um, sit with yourself, be with yourself. There are many different meditation practices. You know, obviously I like a kundalini meditation because like we practiced last night, Mm -hmm. you know, I directed you to use your breath. I directed you to have the eyes in a certain position, the hands in a certain position. So I find it's a little more difficult to go into that monkey mind in Kundalini Mm -hmm. meditation, but whatever meditation, whatever meditation you are practicing, you know, we know meditation helps with stress. Mm -hmm. It just, it, it, um, has the ability to, uh, lessen the body's chemical response to stress. So there's less anxiety, there's less stress. It enhances our self-awareness. It um, lengthens our attention span and can help with memory. And I specifically do kundalini meditations for memory because <laughs> I'm always about working my brain. It creates new neural pathways in mm-hmm. your your brain. And we, are, we know the brain is plastic. We know we can change it. And in meditation, you literally can reshape the brain. And one of the things I love, I talk about this often, um, is the, you know, you have the left hemisphere of the brain and then you have the right hemisphere of the brain. And what we want is to live in both. Mm-hmm. And if we're just in our left brain, that it, it's a problem if we're not accessing all parts, right? We're a whole being. So in meditation, and they found um, that meditators have a thicker corpus callosum. Corpus callosum is the muscle that bridges the left and right hemispheres of the brain. Interesting. Right? Why does that matter? That matters because that, the fluidity, the ease with which you can go back from left, right, left, right, be in linear thought, being in creative, being in empathy, being in in logic or what, whatever it is, seeing, seeing the bigger picture. And, mm-hmm. you know, I like to think, you know, you get in a fight with someone, um, you have a thing happen and you're like, oh, I should have done this. Mm-hmm. I should have said that. Well, if you have access to more brain, mm-hmm. you can do it in the moment. Yeah. So in the moment, I can go to my breath. I can say, I'm getting triggered right now. Old me would have frozen, shut down, gone into survival mode, and just like, I just need to survive. Yeah. New me that has practiced, that meditates, that's grown these new neural pathways, that has greater capacity in my body, can say, I'm stressed out right now. I'm getting triggered. I'm feeling the stress response come on. I can breathe. I can relax my body and I can think. And what is it I really want to say? And I can access it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How powerful is that? Mm-hmm. Right? So it, it's allowing you to have more access to, to your brain. Um, so you're less, you're less angry. You're less reactive. You're less all the resistant. All the things that you really want to work on, mm-hmm. you can. Now, I want to add here... You know, just because you practice kundalini or you meditate or you're spiritual, it doesn't mean you don't have problems. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this is where I think in this day and age, in this time, this matters because people, they spiritual bypass. And you hear the term spiritual bypass. Mm -hmm. And the reason I bring that up is because this is, you know, the other part of why I do, why am I, why do I coach and why, um, why am I in my graduate program? Because you can't just meditate and fix all the problems. Mm -hmm. So you have to come to, you have to be able to say, yeah, I have my spiritual practice 
and I do my talk therapy or and I do my coaching and I'm working with it. Mm-hmm. It's not just spiritual. It's not just one side. I had, um, I worked with John Gray. He's the author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And mm-hmm. I just, I love him. I love his work. And I remember when I was just only practicing the more mindfulness side of things and I realized I was like, there's more, there's more, there's more I can do. I'm stuck. I'm, I can't really help people to the extent that I want to. And I remember he said, you know, he'd spent all of these years, I think he said nine years in India, and he came home and his um, brother committed suicide. Goodness. And, yeah. And he, as he shares the story, he said, the point was, he said, there's more than just the spiritual. There's more than just the going into a cave and meditating and I'm spiritual and I'm this wise person. No, there's more to it. And so he became a psychotherapist. And at the time, I, I hadn't yet done my coaching and I hadn't yet gotten into that, but I knew there was more. And the more I learned about, okay, so why? what's, what's coaching and what's therapy? It's helping you see your blocks mm-hmm. and go deeper in self so that you're not spiritual by, bypassing. You're doing your work. And so coming back to that victim, I'm the victim. Mm-hmm. I can meditate and still be a victim. Yeah. I can meditate and still be a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I want to meditate. I want to have full access to my brain. And I want to see my blocks. I want to see where I can be better. I want to see where I can um, be all that I can be. Yeah. Right? Because ultimately, what's the, the whole the point and purpose of this life? It's to show up and it's to really, really, what can I do for others? Mm-hmm. I have two hands. I have one hand for myself and I have one hand to help others. Mm-hmm. If I'm always only in myself, only in my struggle, only, uh, I, I need to work on me and I need to mm-hmm. see this energy person and this person, and uh, I'm not, what am I contributing? Right. So my my journey, my work was, I had years where I was in isolation. I was crying in my closet. I was mm-hmm. suffering. I wasn't doing any good for anyone. I did the work. I did not just the spiritual bypass, but I did the work and the spiritual. And now I can be a light and a beacon and I can feel vibrant and radiant and be in full health. And how many people come to me, right? Right. It's, it's endless. It's limitless because... We're here to ultimately give back. At least that's my story. Is we're right. here to be in whatever our purpose is and to give back whatever that is. And we can't do that if we're suffering. We can't do that if we're sick. And we can't do it if we're hiding from life. And also we can't do it if we're just living in the ethereal world of like, right. we're just here. Yeah. We're just yeah. like, we're meditating. Yeah. We're up I mean, on yeah. a cliff. Just, we're just, just gone. Yeah. Um, like, and I feel And I feel good. And, and I'm not... I'm not really here. You're this not is living. The, this is Earth. Yeah, you're here yeah, for a reason. Plane. And to interact. Yes, yes and this to, is the physical world. And so. to be triggered and mm-hmm. to recognize the triggers mm-hmm. and to be able to release things, you yeah. know? Like, you're meant to have relationships and work with other people because mm-hmm. you're here with other people. And this is where you ground. This is why we ground into the Earth. And, mm-hmm. we, you know, if you do the, um, if you look at the sun, you do the sun gazing, you connect with that higher energy. You connect with Earth energy here. You you know, what was the first thing we did in our sound bath when I had you come back out of the experience last night? Because you were in a pretty deep, deep, deep state, right? Mm-hmm. First thing I had you do once I came back and I walked you through is I said, talk to your neighbor. Yeah. Come back to this earth, mm-hmm. be in this plane, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> because I think we, yeah, I think we forget. I forget for sure 
that I'm here for a reason and it's not just to meditate all day. No, it's And not. I think when I first, this first happened and I first had this like awakening, it was so fun mm-hmm. to like explore mm-hmm. that and to meditate. Well, and I was good. And I was like, I could meditate for yeah. like all day long well, the for hours. It creates like a cold shower. It just like mm-hmm. brings all of these endorphins. It's, mm-hmm. It feels good. It's a yeah. good thing. But ultimately I think you want to do the practice because you want to develop your intuition mm-hmm. and you want to have a greater intuition because with the intuition that can guide you to pass the mind. Yeah. Right. And so there are many uh, meditations in Kundalini, Kundalini that are for your intuition to develop that part of yourself that yeah. knows. And what is your intuition? You know, your intuition is I can hear more. I can see more. I can feel more. I'm, uh, you know, cause if you're, if you're, if you're doing the thing where you're watching TV and you're, you get up, you go to work, you watch TV, you listen to all, you, you're just, you're in it. You're in the matrix. Yeah. You're not in your intuition. You're not in your knowing. And I think like really tuning in to self is tuning into intuition. You know, Einstein said the highest, that intuition is the highest form of intelligence. Mm-hmm. Oh, like think about that. Yeah. Intuition is the highest form of intelligence. So when you tune into you, oh, you tune into like depth, like deep deep wells of knowledge. Um, I think it was good as seeing, he's, he talked about um, in, uh, intuition as being, um, that intuition is intimacy with our senses. So, Ooh, right? that's so just good. Say that. Intimacy with my senses. Yeah. So that's not outer, that's inner. But I also think it's like what we were saying a little earlier. It's noticing what your body says, mm-hmm. like your senses of like mm-hmm. my body speaking to me because mm-hmm. your body recognizes truth mm-hmm. and untruth. So like taking in your senses of like, what am I feeling? Is this true? Is this not? Does this feel good? Does this not? Does this create ease in my body? Does it create anxiety? Like what are my senses telling me about this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like intuition for me is just being connected to that divine source of knowledge, right? So Mm -hmm. that's why it can get so deep is because it's like, it's this infinite wisdom that's bigger than anything. And how did you access that intuition or that, how did you you go to that place? You shut off the television. Mm -hmm. You changed your life, right? Mm -hmm. Like what did your life look like before you shifted into this place? It was just, it was, it was almost like Mm zombie-like without realizing you're a zombie. Like just going through the motions and going to work and getting a paycheck. And think of think of what you were listening to and think yeah. of the social media and think of how things were influencing you. Mm-hmm. So you're not in your knowing. No. You're in other people's knowing. Absolutely. Which is meant to then just control. Yeah. Right? So you're not tapped into intuition. So I would say intuition, like how do I tap into and have a more intuition, a greater sense of self? You have to get quiet. Mm-hmm. And... You have to start to notice, what am I letting influence me? Mm-hmm. You know, they say that the, look at the five people closest to you in your life, right? And that's, that's your experience because people's energy affects you. Yeah. So look at who am I letting influence my energy? Yeah. And are you okay with that? Right? Do I like that? Am I, am, are they elevating me or is it pretty numbing? Right. And, and just ask yourself, like get curious with that. And I think more than just people, it's like everything. Like mm-hmm. what kind oh, of food? Like sure. food has a vibration. Oh. Like am 100%. I letting like high vibe food come into my body? Sleep. Sleep. Am, mm-hmm. Or sounds. I remember listening to this podcast where they were talking about sound. And like you work with sound a lot. Yeah. We just had a sound bath last night. But 
they were talking about in rap music how there's this beat and I can't remember what frequency this beat is at it almost sounds similar to that drum you were playing last night but it's like this beat that gets into your root chakra and how this beat is very or this frequency is very prevalent in rap music and how it's like basically downloading into your body Mm -hmm. so like downloading like all of this like sexist like you know calling girls like Mm -hmm. bad names Mm -hmm. and it's like downloading into your body so it's it's like more than just I remember being a teenager and like in my like young women's lessons and I'm talking about like bad music or bad and it's it's less about like bad and moralizing it and more just about like what frequency does this hold there and like what am I allowing into my body and like it's not a moral issue of Mm -hmm. like none of this feels like moral Mm -hmm. but like everything holds a frequency mm-hmm. and what am I going to allow to affect my body? What am I, what am I going to consume in mm-hmm. every part? Relationships, and, and so, people, And your food. intuition guides that. So there's a knowing. Like I think some of the most um, influential people for me are, are um, musicians, mm-hmm. right? Think of the numbers that mm-hmm. they have the power to influence. Yeah. And I think some of the most beautiful art is created in music mm-hmm. and sound. It carries mm-hmm. a vibration there's a lot of garbage and there's a lot of music that I like I might like the artist I'm like oof I just I can just I just can tell now I'm like "Eh, it's just not holding the vibration that feels right anymore Mm -hmm. you know before I I used to listen to a lot of rap I love rap yeah (laughs) I I know it's yeah it's so fun and I still listen to a lot and I and there's a lot I don't listen Mm -hmm. to because it's just like eh, if I really hear what they're saying that doesn't that doesn't line up with if you go back to that um, being in alignment it just doesn't line up yeah with where I'm at but but I think you don't know until you know you don't know yeah yeah you don't yeah. Know. but so but be mindful so when you're waking up so we're talking about awakening here really and consciousness when you're waking up pay attention mm-hmm. what am I listening to who's in my space how much time do I give myself in a day for quiet how much time am I really spending on that inner part of me so that I can develop the capacity to go deeper in my intuition. I have the capacity to hold more energy for more experience. I am more vibrant, more lit. It's a practice. It takes time. And it's a very conscious choice. Mm-hmm. You don't just you don't just show up and like it just happens. Yeah. You, you think through it. But like I said earlier, what's the easy thing? The easy thing is to get up, eat the same food, go through the same, you know, you have your same day, the same routine, the same people. It's mindless. Mm-hmm. So when you want a greater experience, and if you're listening to this and you've made it this far <laughs> in the podcast, you want to wake up. Yeah. And so it's a very, very, very deliberate practice of yeah. allowing all of that to come. Absolutely. So. It's mindful. Yeah. Mindful. Yeah. There we go. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, yeah, just being like really gentle and easy with yourself through the process of awakening because it's hard and it's confusing and it's yeah and it's like can be really heavy and lonely so have you have you have you experienced your awakening yeah what was it like for you um very confusing like very jarring and like things Mm -hmm. were happening to me and my life and my body even that I didn't know that Mm -hmm. I couldn't explain or weird Mm -hmm. synchronicities were manifesting in my life that just seemed way too wizardy and magical and out there and I didn't even know how to explain it so yeah it was very I like I explained mine the same way as it felt it felt like a death it felt and I've said that so many times on this podcast where I feel like I look back at that Amy and I'm like oh my goodness like I know her but that's not me right now you know like it's all me but 
that feels like it was a death of me. Mm-hmm. And it was heartbreaking and sad and beautiful all at the same time. Yeah. You know? I like to I thank you for for sharing that. Um and I would like to add it's a pur- purification. Mm-hmm. Really? Right? It's like the phoenix just like burning and then rising yeah. from the ashes. But think you are it's a purification of what you are to become yeah, become that higher, highest thing that you can be. Yeah. But you're uh it's uncomfortable. You said jarring. Mm-hmm. Ooh, what a good word for it. It is. It's jarring. Your diet can change, your sleep can change. Um, like all of these things in your experience, it's it's confusing. It's like yeah. what is happening to me? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you're awakening. I had, um, I remember I was in Sedona doing, uh, I did a sound bath with the Sedona Yoga Festival. Yeah. Some cool portals in Sedona. Yeah, it was awesome. (laughs) And I pulled into this parking lot and I looked over and this guy was staring at me. He was pretty attractive. (laughs) (laughs) And he was, he was like, I know you. And I was like, no, you don't. And then he just said, he goes, are you awake? Mm. And I remember I just like for a moment, I was like, what I'd never had anyone ask me that before. Are you awake? Mm-hmm. Right? And what it made me reflect on was, I remember thinking, how many people are actually awake? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And and now, where I'm at, I mostly only meet people that are awake or they're trying to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Which is really cool. It's so cool and so beautiful. Yeah. And I think you can tell though. It's like, I always explain it that way of like, oh, I think I know you. And mm-hmm. I know I don't, but I do. You know, it's, mm-hmm. but it's this like, it happened with you. It happened with a few other people mm-hmm. that I've just connected with recently where I'm like, oh, it's light recognizes light and it's yeah. wanting that and it's feeling like that's familiar. Yeah. And that, yeah, just feeling this connection because that's where you're at and, or where you're heading. And you need the assistance Mm -hmm. that we can't do this alone yeah and we're not meant to be in isolation Mm -hmm. and we know that you know this human experience the you know that harvard study that longest running harvard study the the one thing it came back with was that nothing matters more to our health than the quality of our relationships Mm -hmm. and so we want to be able to embody not only this awakening, but we want to embody it in a way that we're connecting and we're in uh, contact and we're in just deep connection with other humans. Mm-hmm. So we have to allow allow for that part of our experience. Ask for help. Join. Like we were, we're with the sound bath last night, like mm-hmm. that monthly group of women's groups and really coming together in your tribe because you don't want to awaken and being it alone Mm-mm. that's no fun no and it's lonely and it's weird <laughs> so and scary yeah, so that's where you ask for help you and I think you literally ask for help just like you were yeah. like I need a teacher and then yeah. started googling and, and I did I needed yeah, a teacher someone appeared like and ask I needed the universe for help and that was my coaching program and I think all along the way like you ask and it's given and you know I had um this guy was I was getting a, a flyer made for an event I was at a Kinko's this guy, he saw my flyer and he said, what do you do? And I just said, oh, it's me. And I handed him my card. And he said he was sitting in his truck. And um, if, like a few weeks later, and he was like asking the universe, he's like, I need help. Like, I need help. And he said, my card fell in his lap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, like mm-hmm. ask and the universe will show you. It will totally. guide you. It will put the people in, in your, love your space. Right. It's so great. You just, just trust. And you can't even make this stuff surrender. up. Like, no. I feel like when you're, like, no. living in, like, this, like, flow state and just trusting, surrendering, asking, yeah. 
things come into your life and signs and symbols that you can't even make up. Like magical stuff that you're like... Magic, beautiful, amazing. And magic is then like the norm of just Uh like, yep, it's beautiful. It's magic. It's like... Yeah, Gabby Bernstein talks about that. Um, And how there's just, there's miracles every day. Mm -hmm. Like every day there's Mm -hmm. miracles. It's just, do we want to see And when you notice them, Mm -hmm. more come. You notice more, Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, it's beautiful. Okay, one final question before we wrap things up. All right. So what is like one thing you would tell a girl listening who was maybe Julie five or six years ago, Mm. who feels stuck, who's standing at the sink, who's like, I, I'm not living. This isn't life. What is one thing you would tell her? Um, You know, I would just have so much compassion and just tell her to just, it's going to be okay. It just have more, um, Oh yeah, that oh, that's tough. I'm seeing her, and and she was so scared. She was so frightened. She was so alone. But just, just trust, just trust it, and really, like it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like this life is not meant to suck. It's mm-hmm. not meant to. We're not meant to suffer and, and just, hurt. And just exist. it's a part of it. Yeah. And and in this work, you can learn that in the suffering is you can be totally fine. Like I I I can get things now, and they'll shake me for a minute or a half hour maybe a day where before it shook me for months, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I would just say, just hold yourself in more compassion, more love. And, uh, and you know what? This is what I tell a lot of clients. I say, be gentle with yourself. Mm-hmm. Be gentle with yourself. And then surrender, trust, allow. I love the word allow. When you know something and you know it's how it is and you know it's right, you block flow. Mm-hmm. So stop knowing. Stop believing everything you think. Mm-hmm. I could throw all of this out the window tomorrow if something bigger came. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not married or attached so much to something that it defines me. Right. Stay fluid. And yeah, really just like just let it let it come. And, and when you notice resistance coming in, you notice yourself bracing. Why? Mm-hmm. Get curious with that. What am I resisting? What am I scared of? Mm-hmm. And then that, then a fear will come up, and then it will teach you. Yeah, beautiful. I yeah. love that. Thank you, Julie. <laughs> Thank okay. You <laughs> My goodness, I love this conversation. I feel like yeah. we could literally talk for yeah. twenty six oh, more you. hours. Yeah, you're so sweet. Um. So for everyone listening who wants to learn more about you, or find you, or talk to you, or get help from you, or take a kundalini class or a sound bath how do people get in contact with you yeah thank you for asking um so i teach a kundalini yoga class in lehigh utah Uh, so it's thanksgiving point um brick canvas is the studio i'm there every wednesday night so if Mm -hmm. you're in utah county or salt lake area um that's every Wednesday night at 7.15. My Instagram is yoga jewels with an underscore. And that's probably where I most the, post the most current mm-hmm. information about sound baths and kundalini. My website is juliepetersonmindful.com. And on there you can, there's a link to schedule with me um, if you want to do a coaching session. And my coaching sessions really include, um, I bring in mindfulness, I bring in breath. Um, I bring in body and it's coaching mm-hmm. and it's, I'm certified relationship coach, but I, so I, I'm not a life coach and relationship coach, but I think you're in relationship with coworkers, with parents, and with yourself, with everyone, with <laughs> yourself, it's everything. Um, 
And so really, I, I just, it's a real, it's a deeper coaching practice and really just if you're shifting and you're, you're wanting more then you know, that's, I can help. Um, but yeah, go to my website and you'll be able to link to my calendar there. Um, I'm not sure when you're going to air this. I'm going to Bali soon. Ooh, we're so going to air it sooner than that. So yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, then I'll put it out there. Um, because I do have just you're a hosting couple a retreat spots. I'm hosting Bali. a retreat in Bali. This will be my fourth year going, third year retreat, doing a retreat. Um, so if you're listening and you want to join me in Bali, and if I happen to have a spot left and I can figure out how to squeeze you in, I will. Um, again, you would just go to my website and um, contact me there. And yeah. I'm sure you'll post all of this in the oh, show notes. Absolutely. Right? Okay, cool. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, yeah, Julie, thank you so much. It was so good. <laughs> thank you so much. This was thank a beautiful you. conversation. Thank and thank you for sharing your story and oh, yeah. being vulnerable because that's not easy. Like it's mm. not, but it's so important, I think, just because it's going to help people. I think there's so many people who are in a similar boat. So yeah, thank you for just being you. honest and open. Thanks for finding me and thanks for asking. Goodness. It's my pleasure. Thank you, universe, <laughs> bringing us together. Yes. Okay, we'll talk okay, to you soon. You. Okay, love you. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Cafe Binge Podcast. Until next time, may you notice all the wonderful, beautiful, binge-worthy parts of your day. Squeeze out every last drop, taste them, cherish them because life was meant to be beautiful. Find me at cafebinge.com or on Instagram at cafebinge. Take me out to Cafe Binge tonight.